0: It's the Multipod. This is episode number 58, and I'm your host, Ted, here with you today, and I'm very pleased to be joined again by uh, Sarah. Como estas, Sarah?
1: Stay bien. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I forgot to tell you, I've been uh, start with a, with all of our isolation the last few weeks. I downloaded uh, Duolingo. I've been working on my Spanish. So Nice. <laughs> it's fun. It's a nice project in the evening. Yeah. So um, we'll chat more about that sometime. But uh, great to have you with us. And we're joined by Kylie is our guest today. Hi. Yeah, so Kylie's a new member of the Putty Tribe. Who just joined um, within the last few weeks, uh, of the date of this recording. But um, it's great, you know. We've uh, the Putty Tribe is growing as always. Uh, I see people joining every month, and uh, it's it's kind of part of the fun is is getting to know people from all around. The world who uh, find this this community from in all kinds of ways and uh, and join in. So Kylie's one of them, and we're going to get to know her today and some of her story and her interests. She's like like all of us. She's got a number of varied interests and hobbies and projects and, of course, goals and plans and dreams, etc. So we'll learn all about that and uh, and have a, a fun show here for you today. Now we're going to kind of dance around a topic that uh, is kind of try to link everything together, and that's the topic of validation. I think it's something that perhaps a lot of you listening might resonate with, you know, as we try to make those career choices and projects and things like that, and um, to the extent that we feel we need some kind of proof or permission. We've talked a bit about the concept of, like, getting permission on this show and, and some of our other episodes, so it's kind of along those lines of, like, validation. How do you how do you kind of justify that what you're doing is supposedly correct or is it the right thing to do or do you need that kind of support? And I mean – I think the lesson that we'll find is that really it's in yourself to validate the things that you do and that you want to do, and that as much as it's nice to seek kind of support and encouragement from others, it's finding the right level of that. It's maybe having a mix of both. So we're gonna, we like to have a bit of a topic to frame our conversations here, of course, on the Multipod. We'll dance around that a bit. But for starters, um, yeah, it's great to have Kylie on the show. So what brought you to the Putty Tribe?
2: I was just browsing Twitter. I followed TED Talks a couple of days prior, and they posted Emily, Emily's uh, TED Talk, and I watched it. It's it was it was called like why you might not have one true calling, something like that. And I thought that would be right in my wheelhouse. And then I learned there's a name for the fact that I haven't been able to choose one thing in years, but thought I had to. And that was pretty cool. And speaking of validation, that was like the kind of validation you do need because I felt validated that this is okay and normal and there are other people like me. That's a good point. Yeah, and then she emailed um, welcoming people into the community and I jumped on it thinking that would be great, especially when I'm isolated right now and need human contact as best as I can without being in person. Mm-hmm. totally
0: yeah that's a funny thing too because the you know the group is basically all online and there's the odd meet up in person but we're also used to interacting online for a lot of people it's been a shock a big change you know in general uh, the last few weeks but for us we're used to it so i think we've kind of embraced it the last couple months uh of having more huddles and stuff like this doing our podcast as well
2: mm-hmm. absolutely Kylie. tell us
1: a little bit about you like where where you coming from like who you are
2: Absolutely. Well, um, right now I'm really lucky to be in a situation where I don't have to actively seek income or um, be pressure myself, in my case, <laughs> to get a solid income. So I'm mostly chilling, but I have a really good reason for that, which is that I got terminated from my public school teaching job back in early January before we were taking coronavirus seriously. So frankly, when we all had to self-isolate. It was like cool with me. It was the least traumatic thing that's happened to me all year. <laughs> so um, I got, yeah, I got publicly terminated just because local news publications published two articles about what was going on, given they weren't factual, they weren't um, fair. They sought comment from me on a school day and gave me a couple hours to respond before posting the article and the comment they added for me later was like cherry picked and it was just a series of events that took away any need I had for validation, whether I wanted it to go away or not. And also my dog died in the same week. It was a mess and it did lead to mental health issues, um, which I think is pretty normal. I think anyone would experience some kind of issue after all of that because I had a reason oh, yeah. to be paranoid. I mean, people were actually after me I've never had an experience like that, where I felt like people were like holding pitchforks running after the witch. And I was the witch. Like <laughs>
0: It's just Were they um, attacking you, I guess, on, like, social media they and were. stuff like that? Or, they yeah, were. Or any other ways? Was it anything, like, actually in person at the time? Um,
2: in person, kind of, but definitely online. Mm-hmm. People felt more comfortable, even when their name was attached, which shocked me, openly saying really unkind things about me. And people who really didn't know about you. I must be mm-hmm.
1: really traumatic. It I'm is. Sorry. Absolutely. Oh. You are in the States.
2: I am, yes. I'm in Florida currently and planning to move very soon. I'm not sure where, but part of me, like my experiences with going through something traumatic, is especially in such a small town, is getting out and being able to not just move on mentally and emotionally, but having that physical or geographical, in this case, sense of moving on. Mm hmm. Would
1: you like to talk a little bit about, about it and, and we can dive in into um, talking about validation, validation?
2: Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So um, I'll start and say when everything happened, um, especially when I started like t- taking claim on my mental health again, taking care of myself again, because that was my problem. The first thing that happens when something like that, something that traumatic occurs is you forget to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think looking back, it's like, had I just focused on that and put everything else aside, I would have been okay. So that's my little like side note, always take care of yourself and the le- the times you least want to, are the times you most need to. <laughs> but, um, as far as validation, as I started to get better, I just kind of like looked at the things people said and asked myself, is this true? Am I really like that? Is that a factual statement and I it's funny because you see celebrities who just seem to like let all these comments roll off their backs so easily but they don't magically become that way the ones who handle it well they have to go I think through a lot of hell before they get there where they really are indifferent to what people say so for me it looked like okay so because some people were calling me a bully and there were specific people doing that there were people who didn't know me doing that. And, um, I had to question it and I was like, no, I'm the bullied here and looked at it really as objectively as I could. Um, and really allowing myself to look at it, which is for people who are very self-critical, it's hard. Cause sometimes that can go the other way where you're like, Oh, that really is me. And you can take on an identity that's not yours to take on. So, um, I think the first thing is looking really closely at what you think you need validation and in my case it's validation that I guess I'm a kind person and someone who people get benefit from being around and that I had to find in myself I couldn't find that from someone else but I will say having a loving husband having someone in your life who accepts you for who you are in any given moment is a very big help in that process
0: That's a powerful lesson, though. I I, I can relate. I think a lot of people can probably relate that, you know, you you feel you do your best to feel good about yourself, but it's like you always need that validation. You need some kind of of sign from others, maybe strangers especially, because it can be easy to tune out the ones who are closest to you. Mm -hmm. But regardless, I mean, you you, you feel like you need that validation. And it may come, but, you know, in kind of fits and spurts, and it's... And it, it has its own, I guess, story. Ultimately, you have to determine it for yourself and know that you have self worth. To know that you know what your strengths are, and yeah, I mean, especially if you're, if you know you're a good person, you mean well, you you kind, you care, you want to do good work, stuff like that. I think we can only really tell ourselves that, and then demonstrate it as we as we go through our lives.
2: And I, I also would add on to that. Absolutely, I think that when you accept the people around you, that's a great step towards accepting yourself. I think they work really well together. I think there's this concept of like self-loves over here and loving other peoples over here. They're separate when I think they go really well together, which is why I say it was so important that I had someone in my life who just, if I'm having a really bad day where I just can't stop thinking about it or crying, they're not like, oh, ignore it or oh, look at the bright side, or oh, here's the serval lining. They're just like, that's okay. It's cool. That's, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, that's another theme that's come up on our conversations on the show the last few weeks is that it's okay to not be okay, Mm. especially with all the stress and anxiety everybody's under for, I mean, the obvious reason, but also, in your case, you know, a specific reason. And, I mean, it would be unhealthy to just pretend that it's all okay, Right. Not to dwell on it all the time and be negative all the time, of course. But, I mean, you have every reason to be upset or depressed or feel anxious about it, right? Right. It's um, it's just nice to have, as you say, it's a nice, great to have the support of uh, someone else with you. And it's,
2: it's actually funny you say that because part of the reason I had mental health issues is because I was trying to be okay. I was acting like I was okay. I was just letting everything roll off my back when it wasn't and not, I I was really like repressing my emotions 100%. And I have learned the hard way not to do that, Mm -hmm. which means sometimes I have to cry when I don't want to, but alas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I bet a lot of people probably never really learn that lesson or go through something like that, or they maybe learn it late in life. You could take some strength solace from the fact that, um, I guess you're you're still in your twenties, I mean, you yeah, know, you've got your whole life in front of you, kind of thing, and like it's a tough lesson, but maybe it's better to learn it when you're younger than in whatever twenty thirty I, years
2: from now, oh man, I have this joke that like all of my life lessons are just like front loaded before I'm thirty years old, <laughs> and I think that's true for a lot of people before they're thirty, but for me, I've had like people I love die traumatically. I've had like mm-hmm. mental health issues. I had this recent experience, my dog died, you know, I mean, I have a lot of things like I won't even get into it, but, um, it, but I also have to remind myself I am 27, I'm 27 years old. And mm-hmm. while it feels like the whole world, the weight of the world is on my shoulders. Sometimes I just have to remind myself that it, it like I'm in my twenties and things do feel heavier a lot of the time than they really are. And, Sometimes, though, I have to let myself be in that really negative moment and just know that's where I have to be.
0: hmm
2: Not for sure. hmm And it's this
1: little step by little step.
0: Has the experience um, shaken your faith or even interest in the career you were pursuing?
2: 100%. <laughs> yeah. I... It's funny. I... I went back into teaching, because this was my second try um, teaching, because I wanted to have a positive influence on people. And I thought, what better way to do that than to be there for teenagers? I taught high school, and it turned into a nightmare. And it's n- it's not my fault, but between what happened between my first teaching experience and This one, it's really, I don't think it's the right path for me. It's not so much that I think if, you know, you really feel like it's your calling, you shouldn't try again. It's more so for me personally. I think I much better serve the world through my own endeavors where I have the freedom to speak Mm -hmm. my mind, to use my voice, to not feel um, restraint in that regard. Because when you're teaching, sure, legally, they can't fire you. I mean, well... (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they can't fire you if you're um in my case like a non-Christian or um they can't fire you if you express like a view as long as you're not imposing it on any p- others but they'll they still do it. Everyone knows this who's in the job market. I mean, there are legal reasons yeah. you can't be fired, but people still figure out a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but in that but that I don't want to I don't want to send out the message that like I'm scared to go back, or I just know it's. It's like if this isn't a sign, I'm supposed to be mm. doing something else. I don't know what is.
1: If you go back and and you maybe you play the the situation back in your head and and you wish that uh, things will have been different from from your own personal perspective in terms of you or will you have
2: done things differently or handled things differently? I wouldn't have. I've thought about that a lot, especially when you have something like this, you have to, you have to acknowledge if you do have regrets and, um, and it's really a tightrope because sometimes you're like, Hmm. wow, um, I wish this would have happened, but you're also like, there's also this over here that's helping me. And I think what I've learned from looking back at trauma is to appreciate the good and acknowledge the things that enriched you, or you enriched other people in, and mm-hmm. the stuff that wasn't that. Learn from it and hold it close just in a different way. I, I wouldn't do it differently. I um, I had a great relationship with most of the kids I taught. The thing I hate the most is that um, the way I got fired, I wasn't able to actually speak to my kids at all before I left. I wasn't able to leave them with some like women's empowerment quote or anything i just (laughs) you know some of my kids especially the young ones don't know what happened to this day i mean yeah they can find the articles but they don't get it they're like what
0: they wouldn't see your story your side of it Mm, that's rough yeah
2: you didn't even get a chance to
1: be able to to tell your side of the story you know
2: yeah, and it that's something that it's the reason I started my podcast is to help me find my voice again, help me feel like I have a voice because I was silent after the second article came out. The first article was about things and uproar and the program because it's a small town who um apparently thinks that's news story worthy. And then the second one was, Oh, she got fired. So I made a comment, a public comment on the first one that was approved by my union. The second one, I did not. And after that, I just, I was silent. I didn't actively post anything publicly on my Facebook. Like, you couldn't really find anything on me. Um, and kind of perfectly, my name changed, like, at the same time. So while you can Google <laughs> my maiden name <laughs> and um, the state I live in and stuff and find what happened, like, it's, it I don't know. It's just yeah. kind of funny how that worked out. But I think... At first, I like regret how silent I was because I felt voiceless. But then later, I realized that was really smart and strategic and really good for me and protective of myself.
0: Hmm. Well, I mean, notwithstanding, obviously, the trauma, and I don't want to make light of it, is it something that, in essence, will kind of blow over? Maybe it already has. And I mean, you will have that that memory, but can you get on with your life and obviously draw the experience, the strength from the experience, but, or is it something that might kind of keep chasing after you?
2: Oh, that's an interesting question. I think a little bit of both, if that makes sense. So I think there's a little bit of, um, it will keep chasing you in that traumatic experiences take a while to work through. Um, you'll think that you've overcome it. And then (laughs) a month later, Mm. five months later, or even a day later, you, ha- you realize you haven't, and it really humbles you in a beautiful way. It, you never are too overconfident because the stuff you've been through just doesn't let you become that way. But also, yeah, you, you move on. You don't let it rule how you live your life. And, like, for me, I finally activated my public Facebook page, which sounds so minor, but for me it was a huge step because I know people are still seeing what I'm up to on social media. They want to get the drama
1: <laughs> well, especially in small towns, I mean, yeah. you need to gossip too. Like, I feel that humans are drawn to gossip and and to live life through the dramas of others in order to not
2: face our own stuff. No, but yep. Mm. Oh yeah, I I think anytime we're gossiping, it hurts. But you gotta do some inner work there because there's usually yeah. something going on.
1: <laughs> hmm. And sometimes, I don't know, I feel uh, that this thing came up before we started recording the episode, but how uh, sometimes uh, the media and, and, and journalism we see today, how most of the time is, is manipulated and, and we take it for granted that everything we read in the media is, is true. I think slowly we need to teach new generations to not take for granted what it's been said to them and And to find their own
2: sources and and their full perspective of the story. I think another way to look at it, Sarah, is um, when you're in middle school and your friend's like, I can't stand her. And you're like, oh, me neither. And you've never met this person you're speaking of. But then you meet them like a week later and Mm. you think they're a great person. I think that's kind of a way to look at the news. The news tells you, oh, this is how it is, but you don't really know that. It's like the articles about me. I mean, people don't know me. Most people who read that, they could read between the lines, you know, most people, but they still, they didn't know me. And that's, uh, I think you you made a beautiful
1: metaphor in terms of how it comes back to the way we are taught and, and uh, main theme here, the validation theme, no how we grow with it and and we grow uh, needing to be part of of a larger group of course we we are human species and community and of course we we see how you've been supported with by your family how we need community in order to find a stability and mental health but where is the balance right uh, mm-hmm. how to say no when we have to and how to uh, speak up when we need to how do we decide when to follow and when not to
2: Mm. i think actually my answer to that would be when you feel less authentic when whatever you're doing makes you feel less genuine or less authentic then that's where things need to be questioned but say a good example of this is if you are a non-religious person in a really religious family um, it's like, what's where do you set a boundary with your family not to talk about religion? Where do you speak your mind? And I think the difference is what you speak your mind when you feel less authentic and not speaking it, but you set the boundary when you feel suffocated <laughs> by speaking mm. your mind. Yeah, we grew up trying to get good grades, trying to be a good student, trying to be in the right friend group. Uh, trying to be first chair in band if you're me and we're always trying to get that external sign that we're doing a good thing and then you become an adult and you're like what in the world why is life so hard <laughs> that's a big part of it because there's no one tap you know tapping you on the back giving you a pat and saying you're doing the right thing you're the person doing that and oof that
0: yeah, you have to figure it out for yourself yeah I gather out of at least one positive thing out of this experience of yours is uh is some new projects and um, plans that may be coming together such as perhaps moving um, and also launching your podcast maybe we talk a bit about music as well sure um, perhaps some entrepreneurial things because I, I know you've dabbled in some of that too um, so lots of interesting things that can help you maybe turn the corner and you know have things to look forward to we all need things to look forward to especially 100%. coming out of any kind of traumatic experience but um, mm-hmm. well tell us about the podcast because I know that that built out of this for sure so it did. what what is it and um, and how how can we help you?
2: Well, um, well it started by my husband c- encouraging me to start one. He's just like you should start a podcast, and I'm just like okay, <laughs> I, it didn't. I was just okay, and then a, a few weeks later, I was talking to one of my friends, and my podcast idea just like dawned on me from the heavens, and this like beautiful not really that intense moment. I'm just being silly. But I realized like my friend, and this is the first episode, she has this lovely, candid way in which she speaks about her pregnancy and her having her first child. And I realized I want to feature people who aren't experts based on study, but experts based on life experience and have them share their story in a way that's not trying to tell anyone how to think, but just expressing themselves. And so that's the first episode. And then um, the second one is going to be me talking about my journey away from religion, actually. And then a third one, someone talking about living abroad. And I think my plan right now is every other episode, I'll tell one of my stories just to help me find my voice again, but also bring value to people listening And, uh, yeah, I've, it came out about a month ago, so I'm a little delayed in getting new episodes, but I'm also in the mood, in the middle of moving. And the way that people can help me listening is listen to my podcast. If you just go on Google play, Apple and Spotify, if you just look up my name, K Y L I E Kylie and then Pontius P O N T I U S it comes right up because apparently there aren't many of me around. (laughs) And it's called Keeping It Real with Kylie Pontius, very appropriately named, especially if you know my um, blunt personality. And then another way you can help is if you want to be a guest, if you're like, ooh, I have something I'd love to talk about that doesn't get talked about much, or I love um, this thing that no one else loves and want to put Hmm. a spin on it, I, I would love to have you on the podcast, so...
0: Well, uh, yeah, me, Sarah, and I probably be interested, in, and maybe others in the Putty Tribe. So that sounds great.
2: Awesome. And, yeah, I'm, I'm also working on trying to position myself to write a book. And I specifically say position myself because I know it's a huge undertaking. And so for me, it's, like, all about preparing to be in a place where I can say, I'm going to write a book and mean it. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so
2: I'm getting there. Hmm. Wow, So, a good punch.
0: Do you have ideas for the book, then, uh, the topic.
2: Oh, gosh. I have so many. I think when I know that what I want to write and the topic that that comes to me is going to help people, that's when I'll feel really confident about it. But right now, thinking definitely a theme of trauma and moving past it. um, I told you all in our messages prior to recording this that I've been through so many rough things, but somehow just have a resiliency. I'm sure I was partially born with. I don't want to... um, You know, act like I just, I I do think there's an extent to where I didn't have to work for that. I just somehow had that, but I also built it over time. And I think I still just have this excitement for life. I always look forward to things. I'm very motivated. And I think I have that for a reason. And I do think that I'm just really lucky to be alive, to even tell my story Mm. in a way that that could be helpful to people and give them inspiration. Of
1: course. I mean, um, last episode we we would we talk our with our colleague, uh, multi pod colleague, uh, too about her podcast and her research about about grief and doing podcasts is her way for for extending that research and sharing it with others. So. Hmm.
0: It says now you've done some you've had spent some time designing uh, WordPress websites. Is that kind of like a side hustle thing?
2: Yeah. It is, yes. Yep. I do websites for people who are more DIY and don't want to pay someone to maintain it every month. So I do the thing that web designers would hate for the most part. I'm sorry, but I teach my clients (laughs) how to edit their own websites and then they don't need me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's great for me and for them. So I like it. (laughs) That's good.
0: That's such a multipod thing because, you know, I I think uh, it's this way all the time. Like, I'm happy to help people. Um, but I don't want to keep doing it forever. Like, you know, I'd rather teach someone to have the ability to do it and then I don't have to like worry about them indefinitely. Now, even if that would deny me a consistent client, I don't know if I'd have like the energy or the enthusiasm to sustain having a a regular client, you know, indefinitely. I know that there'd be money involved and that's another factor. But if I had the option, I'd rather teach someone like one time, then they can do it. And then I don't have to, like, worry about it anymore.
2: You're free. Yeah, I'm the same way. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best.
0: Well, so that's just, like, a side thing. Do you actively pursue clients kind of thing or just, you know, when you feel like it?
2: Um, People kind of find me. I don't actively pursue them. Sometimes I'll just be in a dentist's office and someone starts telling me about their website for who knows why. And I'm like, oh. And I I don't even try to sell. It just comes up. And, yeah. Those are the best ways. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And uh, tell us about music. Now, I think I saw you're helping to take over the music group in the Putty Tribe, which is great. Yes. It's been pretty dormant, so I know yeah. there's a lot of musicians in the group, in the community. But um, what's your background in music?
2: Yeah, I started playing piano when I was five by ear, and the rest is history. I mean, I joined band in elementary school, choir in high school. The The thing I taught, actually, was choir. That's why I was so, like, okay. uh, polarizing, because that's where people create community is choir and band. So, um, but yeah, and then I went to college for music and studied piano and voice, played French horn, um, kept that up and I play guitar, but I, my biggest thing now is writing music. I've been writing since I started since a year or two after I started playing piano, it's just something I kind of naturally started doing. Um, but yeah, I am trying to get back into that and, figuring out how to, like, draw inspiration th- to my lyrics because it's, I have this, like, I write the music first. I'm kind of mm-hmm. rare in that, apparently. I know exactly what I want the music to be. I know exactly what the melody is going to be for a song. But when I try to cool. write the lyrics, I'm like, I have this writer's block until I have a visual in my brain that, like, an artist would draw. But in my case, I make lyrics.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: That's amazing.
0: Do you have any examples or in what kind of style do yeah. you usually like to write or play?
2: Uh, Yeah. So as far as examples of what I just said, a few weeks ago, this like image popped in my brain of me holding a shield. And like, the shield has like a tapestry on it of all my traumas, really, but also all my good experiences just like protecting me. And I wrote this song called I Am a Shield. And that's where my inspiration came from and that's when i was like oh there's an artist in me that i need to tap into very multi-potentialite thing as well but as far as examples the the best example i can give for my music is alton john ballad like music that's yeah. really my style yeah we'll have to share that on on the links oh gosh yeah yeah
0: yeah I'll have to cool. find do you have it on like was it soundcloud or something else like that
2: yeah i do i'd want to get a good recording up because i do not have a good recording up right now even though i have great recording equipment it's kind of pathetic but i'll work on that (laughs) (laughs) well good luck with your endeavors thank you yeah i'm just open to the possibilities right now not attached to anything happening and the job i had was my dream job so it's uh it's an interesting change of perspective I see you that you're
1: being very positive about, you know, letting go of that what you call your dream job and open it open up to other possibilities and uh, uncertainty, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, and that's why it was easy for me to be self-isolated because uncertainty and being uncertain, not knowing what's mm-hmm. going to happen has become something I've, I've had to become really comfortable with.
1: <laughs> so. Well, yeah. yeah. And what do you have, like, a, a tip for our listeners about getting comfortable with uncertainty?
2: I think it depends on the person. But having a routine, and you do have a routine, even if you ha- don't think you do, figuring out what that is and just, like, doing it every day, that puts a certainty on your life that helps get you through the uncertainty and mm. taking care of yourself. Like, forget everything else. Just mm. take care of yourself first. That's... That's the big thing. And that means different things for different people. I mean, if having, like for me, some sour cream and onion chips, like, you know, not too many, but some of them, it brings (laughs) you joy. Is like a form of self-care, you know, in moderation. Just go for it. Take care of yourself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Putting yourself out there too, you know,
2: and trying
1: to find other things, research.
2: Use your voice, yeah. I think that's been one of my big things too. My podcast tagline is use your voice to keep it real and be kind. And I think using your voice and speaking your mind empowers you in a time where you feel really disempowered.
0: Mm.
2: Well, that's very powerful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Of
0: course. And we have such control over a lot more than we might realize with something like like a podcast. You are the producer, you're the host, you're the writer, you know. I mean, there's no one there to critique you or stop you from doing something. And mm-hmm. then people could take that to an extreme, I guess. But if you trust <laughs> right. yourself, you know your intentions and you mean well, and you want to provide good value for people, then you don't, th- there's your validation. There's, uh, it's all kind of inherent with that faith in yourself and, in, and then making the most of the platform.
2: Yep, absolutely. And I catch myself when I start getting external validation, um, yeah. It's funny because at like the other end of it is you start to crave it again when you start getting it more. And I think there is uh, balance. It's funny. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure.
0: This has been great. Uh, it's been really great having you on the show, getting to know your story. And I really hope we'll hear more from you because you're always welcome to help us out with this show if you're interested in in podcasting. And uh, we'll we'll keep tabs on the music group as well within the Putty Tribe. The, you know, there's the um, open mic thing they had, uh, I guess, two or three weeks ago. And that that seemed to be a great success. We could probably do more stuff like that. Do you have any other ideas or thoughts about what to do with the music group? Yeah,
2: I actually just made a post. um, It'll be a couple of weeks ago, probably when this gets posted, but asking people about what the co-owner and I have been discussing, which is actually Hmm. changing the name. Because right now it kind of sounds like it's for composers. If it's possible, we're not sure uh, if it's possible to change the name. but make it open to people who are interested in being musical. They don't have to be there now. I think that would be a much more effective way to run the community and have people in there who need help and can give help. And then just we want to do some open mics. We want to do some huddles and just creating some, like, rhythm in there that helps it gain momentum without relying on who owns the group as much as it just being driven by member activity.
1: I hear you like a real leader leaving things around that's cool thanks good (laughs) initiatives
0: yeah it's exciting Mm -hmm. all right well thanks for being on the show we'll keep in touch for sure and uh, hopefully hear your voice again all right i
2: appreciate it it was fun to be on thank you
0: cheers